So last Sunday, uh, a talk was given about self-reliance. So my ears perked up. I listened to what this member had to say, and I was excited to learn something. And so I'm going to share with you um, his words. I, I went up to him. I said, can I have a copy of your talk? And he's like, here. And he just gave it to me. So I've highlighted parts of it. And um, I asked if I should give him credit. He said, no. So um, if uh, I, I will, I put it in my show notes if that, if that changes. Um, but I have a story to read to you, a couple quotes, and some observations. So um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to have, uh, this is really exciting to me as well. The Swamp Drawer, where all good produce goes to die. Dun, dun, dun. We couldn't afford it even when there weren't food shortages. We certainly can't afford it now. Recession-proof your grocery budget. Learn to grow the food your family eats without the weeds or the waste. For more information about my simple and easy container gardening course, where you will learn to save money by growing your own healthy organic fruits and vegetables, go to joyfulprepcontainergarden.com. Have you ever found yourself feeling out of control and overwhelmed with all the chaos in the world? As mothers, we're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Joyfully Prepared guides and reassures mothers that they can create a home of love, unity, and laughter, as well as produce an atmosphere of resourcefulness and resilience. I know a lot about a few things and a little about a lot of things. I'm your host, Wendy Bergen, and this is the Joyfully Prepared podcast. Well, hello, my name is Wendy Bergen, and I am the host of the Joyfully Prepared podcast. Thank you for listening. And before I get started, I would really like for you to, um, I hope you learn something, I think you will, and I'd like for you to go and teach this, whatever you learn, to someone else. Teach them within 24 to 48 hours. It helps with your retention and not only with your retention, but if there's something um, you need to take action on, it will help with that as well. Plus, you'll be enriching the lives of other people. I often share um, when I'm listening to podcasts, I share a lot with my children and with my husband and, you know, with friends, but mostly in my family is where I'm reteaching what I learned uh, in a podcast. So I, I hope that you'll do that. Okay. So like I said, um, this gentleman in church on Sunday gave a talk about self-reliance and he opened with this story about a study that was conducted um, back in 1973 by the National Institute of Mental Health. So I'm going to read that. I'm going to just start, start right at that very sentence. Back in 1973, an experiment was conducted by the National Institute of Mental Health. One of the observers of the experiment explained how it worked and made some observations. A tiny Eden for mice was built 
In it was placed everything that could be included in a mouse's dream of paradise, food, housing, supplies, everything there in abundance. In it were placed four pair of mice. There was room for 4,000 mice. Every 55 days, the population doubled. But when there were a little over 600 mice, things began to happen. Not only did the population fall off, but big problems arose in the mouse society. The mice were becoming lazy. Many appeared greatly distressed, some utterly frustrated. Their behavior became quite unpredictable. The making of nests dropped off. Some of the mice began to eat each other. The planned mouse population never did climb to 4,000. They had reached slightly more than half that figure when reproduction came to a complete halt. The mouse society turned into an emotional mob. The population in Mouse Eden has now dropped to little more than 600. No new baby mice are being born. The mouse society is doomed, and not a mouse shows any interest in saving his dying paradise. Idleness is just as devastating to men as it is to mice. Give men everything they ask for while making no demands on their efforts, and they will deteriorate into an unfit mob. Whoa, I had never heard that before. That was quite fascinating to me. It's fascinating that they even thought to create that experiment, but then to see what the results were, uh, that was pretty uh, fascinating. I just, I don't know. Okay, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And like I said, a lot, some of my comments are coming from this talk that um, the member of my church gave to me after his talk on Sunday. So I'm going to kind of flow the way he flowed a little bit and make comments um, in support, actually, of his talk as well. So this is the principle of preparedness we're talking about. And in this case, with the mice, they were given everything they could, they could need. The food, what did it say? Housing, supplies, everything there was in abundance. Keep that in mind because I believe in abundance. I believe um, in that kind of a mindset of abundance. But I learned something super interesting um, in this talk. So um, he goes on to say, my friend, he says, as we seek to become temporally prepared, temporally meaning um, physically prepared, we can face the trials of life with one, increased confidence, two, peace in our hearts. And like Joseph in Egypt, we will be able to say, even in stressful circumstances, there was bread. So remember... Back in the Old Testament, Joseph of Egypt, he was um, in jail. Uh, and the Pharaoh had a dream about the, the five, no, seven big fat cows. And then seven lean cows came and ate the big fat cows. And then he had a separate dream of seven um, big juicy ears of corn stalks of corn, I guess, and then um, seven scraggly little stalks of corn that ate the, the seven fat corn. And Joseph interpreted this dream correctly 
telling the Pharaoh that, that Egypt would be blessed with seven years of abundance. Okay. Keep this in mind. I love this abundance followed by seven years of, of, of scarcity of lean, the famine, whatever, that kind of a thing. Now, this was, this was so cool. So um, there's a quote by Christopher Waddell. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He talks about this story about Joseph of Egypt. When considering the principle of preparedness, we can look back to Joseph in Egypt for inspiration. Knowing what would happen would not have been sufficient to carry them through the lean years without a degree of sacrifice during the years of abundance. Rather than consume all that the Pharaoh's subject could produce, limits were established and followed, providing sufficient for their immediate as well as their future needs. It was not enough to know that challenging times would come. They had to act, and because of their effort, there was bread." Oh my gosh, I love that quote so much. So go back in that middle part of the quote. So they knew that there was going to be these seven um, abundant years of food, of the of corn, of cattle, whatever it was that would keep Egypt. This is a whole big giant country um, fed and there would be abundance. But in, listen, because this is something I need to learn too. Instead of taking that abundance and just eating it all or spending it all or using it all, a system was put in place. Joseph of Egypt was the one who put the system in place. And I'm sure he was a great, well, he was a great leader and had people who worked for him that put these systems in place, but they created a system. So I'm I'm just going to pretend I know what the system was because I don't, but here it is. So let's say you're growing a garden or you have a field of corn or, and it produces copious amounts of corn, like crazy amounts. Instead of taking all that corn and keeping it for yourself or eating it all because corn's so yummy, um, they would say, you need to bring us Remember, this is seven years of this kind of abundance. I wonder, I I often question things. I wonder, did they fall into a sense of entitlement? Did they fall into a sense like the, like the mice where things kind of like, yeah, it's one more year. Like the first year, like, yeah, this is great. Second year, this is, I can't believe this third year. It's kind of like, yeah, this is what, this is what we expect to happen. We're going to have abundance fourth year, fifth year, it's like, yeah, this is all sixth year, seventh year. Are they tired of it? Are they tired of their abundance? Like, did they, they're they're like, dude, I am so tired of corn. Did they, was anything like that? It seems to me that it very well could have been with some of the people in this nation. However, Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of gathering, of building this food storage plan, if you will, this a, a place where when the lean years hit, people would be able to come and, and get food for themselves. So they had, you know, we, in the dream, he, there's cattle, the cows, the seven fat cows. So I'm assuming things like the mama cows maybe, gave birth to more than one or two. Maybe they had 
three or four babies and the babies didn't die. A lot of time there's, you know, struggles with keeping the babies alive or the mamas stay. I mean, they, everybody was producing plenty of milk, whatever, all the things that they grew, all the things that they harvested, it was in plenty and abundance. There was nothing lacking for them, but they had to sacrifice. He said, let me go back. He said, knowing what would happen would not have been sufficient to carry them through the lean years without a degree of sacrifice during the years of abundance. So when you're in a place of abundance, rather, and I, I, I saddle up to this bar, even though I don't drink, but the word gluttony, glutton comes to mind. And I'm very much guilty of, of gluttony. But rather than spend all our money, rather than eat all the food, um, store it, hold back some sacrifice so that when the lean years come, and that can come for any one of us, it could be a job loss, it could be a health concern, it could be an unexpected move, and, and the lean years come, hard times come. It could be a, a it could be a community event. There's been flooding throughout the the middle middle of the United States over the last six months. Lots of flooding. It could be a, a tornado that blasts through or a hurricane. We had a hurricane come through here um, back in October, September, and you know the the West Coast is still struggling. So there could be lean years. It could be a major economic collapse. There could be war. So lean years come in all sorts of forms. It could be private, personal, and it can be, you know, nationwide, even worldwide. So the lean years come, the abundant years are there, they come, and the lean years come. It's a cycle. It's a pattern. It's meant to be that way. And and if you learn, as you learn the principle of preparedness, you can be prepared for the lean years because you've had abundance. And if I go back, as we become prepared, temporally prepared, he said, we can face the trials of life with increased confidence, peace in our heart. And like Joseph of Egypt, we will be able to say, even in stressful circumstances, there was bread. And what he means is it can be literal bread, or it could be something on the shelf, right? Anything. It could be money in the bank. It can be learning, um, skill development, all those types of things. So I like what I liked about this quote from uh, Christopher Waddell was I never I never put the pieces together that during abundance that you sacrifice, you don't use all the money, you don't use all the food, that you store some back, you have a savings or investment that you put food on the shelves and have this working food storage, home storage, um, while you're while you are enjoying abundance. It could and your abundance could look like going on vacations or eating out more often. But as you sacrifice and put food on the shelves, develop skills when things are easier. Um, this one time, so let me tell you my a couple biking stories. This is going to go along with it. I promise it's going to just flow right into it. <laughs> um, I served a mission for my church in Finland and my first Christmas there, obviously it's snowy. It's very cold, very dark. Um, 
icy and we rode bikes and this one time we were late to an appointment to a dinner appointment and my companion she was like on her bike and up the hills and and I was had only been in the country for about six six weeks so I didn't really have a lot of endurance at that point strength in my legs stuff like that so I'm riding she's like way up the hill She's moving on I'm like, will I ever get there? And I remember biking. It was so hard. And my legs were like, uh, uh, uh. And I remember um, I said to my, I was trying to like think of something positive and during this pain, because it's like I said, icy and super cold and your eyelashes kind of froze together because your tears would start just all these things. So at some point I, I heard myself think, these words hills build strength hills build strength and that was physical like my my body was physically getting stronger because i was going up hills and it does play into other um other parts of my life as well but in this particular moment it was a physical hills build strength then, okay, so that was good. I made it to the dinner appointment and on the way home, it was mostly downhill. <laughs> but a few, um, well, a few decades later, I was um, planning to participate in a triathlon and the biking part. I just, I am not a fan of the bike. I just will say that. Swimming and walking as find the bike i just haven't mastered it yet but i was out on uh, a bike ride with a couple mentors coaches who were helping us learn and things and the and the and the what is it the route for the for the biking is pretty much flat it was just pretty much flat but there's these little tiny hills like little little baby hill just enough that you could coast <laughs> Like I'm pedaling, you know what I mean? I'm pedaling. And then this little, and I go up this little titty hill and there was a little, little down, just a little bit. And I would just stop and I wouldn't, I mean, it was flat. I really should have been pedaling. So my coach who was riding next to me, she goes, you need to keep pedaling on the downhill. And I said, uh, no, <laughs> I said, no, why? She said, here's the reason why. As you pedal on the downhill, you keep your legs loose, first of all, warmed up. Number two, you start to build um, speed and energy to go up the next hill. And so you want you want your body to keep pedaling as you go down the hill, helps you get up the hill, right? So here are my two biking stories, Hillsville Strength and Pedal on the downhill. And I apply that to these stories about um, the mice and more specifically about Joseph of Egypt, that when you have abundance, when you have a downhill, pedal, gather, build, store, save, sacrifice part of your abundance so that when you get ready to go up the next hill, you've got a bunch of energy, money, food, banked, and ready to help you get up the next part, the lean years, the, the hill. But that hill will also give you the opportunity to build strength in your family, um, 
in your relationship with God and in other wonderful ways. So that's, those are, that's my Viking story. Now, I have spoken about this a couple times and my, one of my most favorite quotes of all time, even though I love Waddell's quote super much, I think my favorite quote on self-reliance comes from Marion Romney. And his, his approach to self-reliance is, oh, um, so high level. And I've tried to, I've tried to build my self-reliance based on this quote. And here's his quote. Can we see how critical self-reliance becomes when looked upon as the prerequisite to service? Without self-reliance, one cannot exercise these innate desires to serve. How can we give if there's nothing there? Food for the hungry cannot come from empty, empty shelves. Money to assist the needy cannot come from an empty purse. Support and understanding cannot come from the emotionally starved. Teaching cannot come from the unlearned, and most important of all, spiritual guidance cannot come from the spiritually weak. That is that is how I try to live my life. I am not perfect at it at all. I got a lot of work to do. But I love that self-reliance, my self-reliance allows me to serve other people. It allows me to lift burdens from other people. I have given food. I have given money. I have supported people with under, as much understanding as I have. I have taught people, and I hope that I am spiritually um, strong and that I have supported the spiritually weak. I am not perfect. I'm not saying that I am. And I keep my eyes open and um, for opportunities to serve using my innate desires to serve. And self-reliance allows that to happen. And most of, of the listeners to this podcast are women. And let me just say, I do have an episode called The Errand of Angels is Given to Women. And um, because we have that, we have, it's episode 35, women are built to serve. We have most women, I would say. We are built to nurture and to love, to lift up, to provide, to restore, to relieve. And women have that generous, generous gift. And by being as self-reliant as possible, we can serve other people. We can lift them up. We can help them. And I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm, I'm grateful to be a woman, but I'm also grateful for this guidance, these people who have figured, figured this out to teach me and that I have the opportunity to teach others as well. I, um, I'm thankful that you listen. I am, I'm grateful for your support. 
And if you ever have anything that you want me to share or clarify, please reach out to me. You can go to my website, joyfullyprepared.com and, and, and send me a message. I appreciate your downloads. I appreciate your subscription, subscribing <laughs> to the podcast and sharing it with other people. Um, I'd like to invite you to come to and um, come to join. That's the word I'm looking for. Come join my free Facebook group. It's you can go to www.joyfulprepgroup.com and, and join a, a community of like-minded people mostly women. And we talk about all sorts of things and we're there to help each other and to lift one another. And, um, that's what I leave you with today. I am thankful for the principle of preparedness and I'm grateful for, um, the ability to talk about it and to live it. And I hope that you enjoy your day. so much for listening to Joyfully Prepared. I'm grateful for you and appreciate you inviting me into your life. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about this delightful podcast. Leaving a joyful review would earn you all sorts of karma points too. I invite you to join my free Facebook group at www.joyfulprepgroup.com and join with other like-minded mothers.